verse 36. When we read this verse, and we see, for David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell on sleep, and was laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. David died, and his body deteriorated like all dead people's body does. But there are two days in my Christian life that I especially thank the Lord for. The day that I got saved, day number two was the day I found out the will of God. Two of the greatest days in your life are those two days. I am a firm believer that God has a divine purpose and will for everybody's Christian life. The sad part is that the majority of Christians have no idea what God's will for their life is. And the reason they're like this lady, she was too busy destroying herself. You know, it makes no difference. If she dies in the condition that she's in and she's been a mess for 40-some years, she'll die and go to hell. The man who lives in a $200,000 house and never come to know Christ, he will die and go to hell as well. The end result is whether we have had these two days in our life. The first day, as we, we said, you know, is that uh, the day I got saved. And we use a better word than the word got because I had nothing to do with it. I just re- made myself available when God called me, but God woke me up as he has all uh, saved people. But the second day is the most wonderful day that we need to think about. You know, uh, the day we found out the will of God. There are Christians running around all over this nation that have no idea why God saved them. God saved me to keep me out of hell, yes. That was not the reason God saved anybody. He could do away with hell if he wanted to. God saved Steve Hampton on purpose. He may say amen to that. Amen, Brother Steve. For a purpose. For a purpose. The psalmist declared in Psalms 139, Psalms 139. When we look at this portion of Scripture, in verse 14, Psalms 139, verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are the works and that my soul knoweth right well. Your soul 
It's the emotional part of you. We always talk about the body and the spirit. But if we look at Psalms 139 and verse 14, we see the word fearfully speaks of how we should revere our creation. The word wonderfully speaks of how distinct we are among all that has been created. No two people like. I may remind you of somebody, you may remind me of some somebody, but there's no two people alike. Because God said, I will praise thee, David said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Indeed, I think we are fearfully and wonderfully made. How the question is for what were we made? Since we were made by God, then it stands the reason that we were made for God. We were fearfully and wonderfully made to serve the Lord. God made me such a way. There's not another human being on this earth that is exactly like me. And most people that know me says, another thing I'm thankful for. But none of us are alike. We're different. So we say, you know, jokingly sometimes, oh, well, you know, all sinners are alike. Well, the only thing all sinners got in common is if they're lost, they're going to hell when they die. But no, not all sinners, not all sinners are the same. Some sinners lie, some steal, some drink, some unfaithful. I mean, there's a lot of things. But there are some good, moral, saved people. But they're still lost. So it stands the reason that if we were made by God, then it stands the reason that we were made for God. Does it not? We were fearfully and wonderfully made to serve the Lord. Therefore, we understand that God has a divine purpose for our life. He has a divine purpose for our life. The purpose is called the will of God. The will of God. Now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands or even to speak out, but have you ever prayed a simple prayer and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Why am I here? I asked that question some 50 years ago. Why did you save me, Lord? 
And it wasn't long until God revealed to me what he saved me for. And I've been preaching his word ever since. Seeing that God has a will for our life, we want to look. We want to look into the instruction, the instruction book. And the instruction book, of course, is our Bible. I've got books on how Christians should act. I have videotapes on how Christians should act. I've taken classes. on what a Christian, how he should handle himself under these circumstances. But only can I find, and only I believe you can find in the word of God, when you really ask, Lord, why did you save me? Or, how come the rest of my family feels this way and I don't feel that way, you know. So how can we know God's will for our life? The question is, do you believe you can know God's will for your life? Or do you just say, well, you know, this opens up, so I guess it was his will. Oh, I don't think the will of God is revealed to you that way. But when you find out what God's will is for your life, then comes responsibility. Why is the divorce rate the way it is in? Why are so many teenagers and young people run their life before they even turn 25 or 30? Because they weren't instructed by the Holy Spirit. So the first point in this study is following the will of God. You know, the Bible said in Acts 13, you know, as we read Acts the 13th chapter and the 36th verse, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep or he died. So when are you going to die? You can make sure if you're a Christian, you're going to die when God is finished with you. When I was about 35 or 40, it's nothing tickled me any more than to have kids or children in our church. Ever since I came here, we've always had children in our church. You know when the children stopped being the primary source? when the devil got into the minds and the heads and the bodies of some people who was tired of the preaching and wanted to go out and spread their wings. 
That's why a lot of marriages don't last. It's not that I stopped loving or I didn't love. And, you know, there's many other reasons. I don't have time tonight or even in this study to get into all of them. But we get in a rut and we get looking at this and looking at that. But see, a marriage is sort of like being saved. The home and the church is so common. We've preached this a lot. You look at the church. Look at the family. What affects the church more than anything else? The family. The family. Say a family that prays together, stay together. But if I needed God yesterday and I told him that and I asked for his presence, don't I need him tomorrow? I may need him more tomorrow than I did today. But we just thinking, what can we do to make things better? There's nothing to be any better than to know that your word God wants you at and you're serving him. That's the ultimate life. David's life wasn't perfect, but the summary of his life was that he did what? He followed God's will. That's what a successful Christian is. We find that it out by looking at the testimony of David. First, let me say that following God's will is a matter of what? First is obedience. If I'm going to follow God's will, I've got to be obedient. The word serve speaks of being subordinate. When God saved me, I became what? I became a servant of the Lord. That means that I was subordinate to Jesus Christ. That what he said comes before what I want. What he says is important. That's what guides my life. So, we can find out by looking at the testimony of David that he was following God's will in a matter of obedience. The word serve speaks of, I said, being subordinate. David was a king that led people. And as a king, he was a man of great authority. But he was also a king that was under authority. Amen? He was under authority. As a member of this church, God has placed me as the head of this church, humanly speaking. But I can't lead if I'm not under his leadership. 
And you'll never be blessed if you don't follow the word of God as it's preached. It's not following the preacher. It's following the word. Because if I preach the word and you follow me in the word, then God is talking to you. He was under the authority of God. To serve his generation by the will of God is to say that he had submitted to a life of God's leadership. It means that I have submitted my life to his authority in my life and that I am being obedient of what he wants. I hear a lot of men, I don't know whether they're jokingly, I hope they're jokingly. If, if not, they're, you know, there's a real problem. But you, know, you hear these men say, I'm the man of my house. What I say goes. Little bitty man. Because if you're saved, and your wife is saved, you became one. But the man should take some leadership because he's going to answer to God a lot more than the woman is. But the woman said, well, you know, I don't worry about those things. He's the boss. No, you want him to be the boss so you don't have to make decisions. It's all about being in the will. That's why some people have a good job and they don't last hardly any time at all because they wouldn't pay no attention to the teacher. They wouldn't pay no attention to the parents. They wouldn't pay no attention to nobody. They enter the job and nobody's going to tell me what to do even though that boss is paying them. It's no difference. You follow the Lord as, as he leads. Leadership, a sign of growth, being subordinate, realizing who is in charge of that particular situation. David was under the authority of God. In all honesty, to live any other way is to live a life of disobedience. You can't follow God part-time when you only follow God part-time, when you're not following him, you're out of his will. Amen? You know, it's like I hear parents, oh, my kid is basically a good child. I said, he's really good on his birthday and ho-ho day, isn't he? When he wants to go on a school trip and he needs some money, he's really good. You say, Pastor, that's just plain. I want it to be plain. Because marriage is a divine institution. The church is a divine institution. That's why that we encourage people, you know, love is blind. You know, you fell in love with that dude because he's everything you think, but he won't be. I know it's hard for some of you to believe. I was really good looking when I was young. But age does that to you. And if your wife loves you, 
She don't care. It's being under the authority of one you know that loves you. Those women in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. God says here in the 8th chapter of Matthew, uh, look at verse 5. That is the healing of the centurion's servant. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion seeking him and saying, Lord, my servant lie at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the words only and my servant shall be healed. That's faith. That's faith. He had more faith than the average Christian, much more. He knew that he didn't have to touch him. He didn't have to take healing water and all that old other foolish stuff. He could speak. If he wanted to, he could take my heart, do away with that pig's vow, and put a new heart in there. Never be a scar. I mean, that's what he's saying in Matthew 8, 5 through 10. The healing of the satirian servant. When we are following the will of God, the slightest desire should be our supreme command. See, but God's never really spoke to me. He hasn't. But you see a need... And you can fulfill that need. Is he not speaking to you? Most people don't see that need. They don't want to see that need. Because it's taken away from their want-to list. But I tell you, and I speak from the bottom of my heart, there ain't no joy like knowing that you're doing what God has impressed you to do. When you know I'm doing that because God wants me to do it. I'm not doing it because some friend said you'd really be good at this or good at that. See, to follow the will is to live a life of obedience. But you got to know those things. It's, it's like, you know, there's a group where the wife walks behind them so many pesos and the wife is afraid to speak, you know. That is not love. That is ignorance. Ignorance on the husband's part, expecting his wife, if God truly put them together, 
But sometimes God didn't add together, and when God don't add, you're going to have all kinds of trouble. Don't care who you are, where you live, it's, it's not going to be there. See, guidance. See, the word will, W-I-L-L, in the phrase the will of God literally means advice. I want to know the will of God for my life. What am I saying? I want to know what God wants me to do. And you go to the word of God to find out what God wants you to do. And sometimes it's not pleasant. See, the ideal is that David let God guide every area and aspect of his life. But we know King David, just like almost every Christian I I know personally, has been out of God's will from time to time. And when a Christian does something, it's much worse than a lost person because God is living in you. You know, it isn't like I decide that I'm going up to Lexington and going to a bar and I'm saying, oh, Jesus, you say I'm in the car. You know, I won't be long. How many Christians have taken Christ into the bar? Every saved person. Because every saved person has the Holy Spirit living in them. And where I go, that spirit goes. That's why we, you know, we just can't go in that bar and feel good about it. If it doesn't bother you, then you need to take the oil. Brother Clyde Hancock, y'all remember him. You know, he can't preach without trying. One of the greatest weeks I had in my life was when I went down to Hobsonville and held every Bible for him. I mean, he was as crazy as a June bug during the day. We'd go out visiting, and every car would come, he'd wave, and he'd wave, and I said, do you know all these people, Clyde? He said, no, but they may visit our church and they'll remember me waving at them. Or he'd say, Lou, if the president calls, tell him I'll be back in about an hour. Just as serious as heart attack. You know what that showed me? That a man like Brother Clyde Hancock, who is in heaven now, preached the word of God, cried all the time he's preaching, Saved people ought to be the happiest people in the world. But when you're happy is when you're in God's will. When I know I'm here tonight, not because somebody expects me to be here, I'm here tonight because I want to be here. And I'm not going to put somebody's life in danger 
by choosing them over God. And that's exactly what every Christian does. I'm not talking about emergency. He said, well, what are you going to do when people show up? You do like I did. Refrigerator got food in it. There's a coffee pot over here. There's crocs underneath the sink. I'll be back. What happened to those people? They never came back on Sunday no more. Problem solved. Did they come back to shore? But they didn't come back on Sunday. See, it's not what we say, it's what we do. David was a doer. If you're in the will of God, you're a doer. What one does with their life and what they are in life is all determined by God's will. Instead of choosing, we say, God, what do you want me to do? Instead of following what you want, you say, God, what do you want me to do? Following to follow God's will means that we bring our life under the authority and we let him guide our life. That's why I encourage everybody to read. Read the Bible. You said, I, my eyes hurt. Man, I, you, can, you can buy a set of chess sets. You can buy CDs. You, you know, you can buy a little over looks like a radio that plays any chapter you want, any verse you want. You know, even got a earplug so, you know, you don't be embarrassed when somebody sees you reading the Bible. I don't care who sees me reading the Bible. But it, it strengthens you whether you realize it or not. To be in the will of God is to do what God wants. To follow God will mean that we bring our life under the authority and let him guide our life. There is a choice. Which will it be? Your will or God's will? You know, there is a choice. Which will it be? That's what life is. Life is just day-by-day choices. But see, and and I'm not feeling sorry for myself, Judy can can tell us, it didn't do us no good at home to tell Mom, I don't like that. Be more for me. She didn't fix nothing else. She didn't offer nothing else. When she died, I lost my best friend. You know, that is, you respect authority. You want to know what's wrong in this country? Don't, there's no respect for authority. This is the top authority. Makes no difference what Brother Tony believes if he can't show it to you from the Bible. Keep it in context. 
going to close on this. Following the will of God by being obedient to God's word, by allowing God to guide us. That's what following the will of God is. It is being obedient to God's word. And I always smiled, don't say anything. I did when I was first first saved. I wasn't smart enough to keep my mouth shut. But, you know, you go out on visitation and, you know, the Old Testament doesn't apply to us. Now, see, that statement is really from somebody that doesn't know. They don't know that when the Bible was originally written, it wasn't the Old Testament and New Testament. It was Bible. It wasn't chapters. It wasn't verses. I'm thankful that we have it broke down. But see, these facts that you can know tells you the Old Testament is as much as God's Word as the New Testament. Some of it don't apply to us because it was under the law. But it's telling us it is for us to learn. I mean, I know this is like a Sunday school class. And Wednesday night, for at least the first quarter of next year, is going to be exactly the teaching. We're going to teach one thing that we ought to be interested in, the church ought to be interested in, Remember, called me up and asked me, said, you know, uh, not that I want you to die or hope you die or anything like that, but is there anybody in the church knows how to call a pastor? And you know what people do? Oh, I, I've heard him. Oh, he's great. I don't mean he's pastor. There's so much difference between a preacher and a pastor. The preacher is popular, but the pastor teaches and it tells me where I'm at and where you're at. But I think I ought to have been here long enough that y'all know that, uh, you know, anything I said tonight or will say the next eight or nine weeks is not that I know more than you. I just want to show you what God's word means. And take that word will and, and show you how many times it can be used and how many directions it can go. It'll bless your life if you let it. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you.